Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. I am your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil. Just lounging here in my lair of eternal damnation on day 68 of shelter-in-place, lockdown, quarantine. <sighs> I'm here recording the 10th podcast. Yes, we made it to number 10. Can you believe it? <laughs> Wow, it feels like only yesterday I did number nine. Huh. I hope all my listeners out there, insert name here, are still doing well. And I'd like to give a shout out to some of the new listeners. Yes, we finally got listeners in Mexico and Chile. Hola. As well as a couple from New Zealand. Hi in New Zealand. (laughs) Now, on to our next segment quick reflections. Tonight I'll be reflecting quickly on four movies in chronological order. The first quick reflection is 1987's The House 2, The Second Story. (laughs) Great title. Uh, Now technically it's somehow related to the first house and completely not at all related to the first house. Um, It's a goofy, time-jumping movie centered around a crystal skull. Uh, (laughs) It's a fun watch. Just to say that you've seen it, yeah. (laughs) Quick reflection number two is 1999's Knocking at Death's Door. Now this one stars Brian Bloom, who all you horror fans out there will recognize from The Stuff. He's one of the two brothers with the really pretty eyes. But this movie was just okay. Worth a watch if there is literally nothing else. Brian Bloom is hot, but it doesn't save this movie. So yeah. Eh. Quick reflection number three. Impossible Horror from 2017, I believe. (laughs) Now this one is tough because it's very low budget And the plot isn't super focused, but something about this movie really draws you in and makes you want to finish it. And then you do, and then that's it. So a solid hour and 16 minutes, not completely wasted. If that's a good review. I think it is. (laughs) Quick reflection number four. 2019's Trick. Now, this movie starts strong and maintains it till a killer twist ending. This movie is a must-watch, and not just on Halloween. And I don't want to say any more because I don't want to spoil it because there are lots of twists, and you should totally watch this. Well, that's it for Quick Reflections. Now on to tonight's feature, number 10 podcast. I hope you enjoy. Tonight's movie is Graduation Day from 1981, take two. (laughs) You all don't know, but I did this a little bit earlier and was recording for quite a while and it was just terrible. I had no energy. It wasn't funny at all. I know some of you out there are saying, well, how's that different from normal? And to those people, I say, 
Fuck you. But thanks for listening. (laughs) Anyway, on to the movie. Graduation Day from 1981. So this movie opens up the best way. For me, anyway. It opens up with a track and field meet in the late 70s, early 80s, so you know what's happening. Short shorts and feathered hair. OMG. What a surprise. (laughs) What a lovely surprise, actually. And there are some women, obviously, thrown in there doing gymnastics or whatever. I wasn't really looking at them too much. And it's all set to this, like, funky, groovy music, which I totally loved. So, so far, opening, winning. Then it kind of narrows in on this one particular, uh, what do I want to say? Meet? No. uh, Event. There it is. Some girls are running some distance, and one of them's in the lead, and and they're all yelling. The team is all yelling, go, go, and the crowd is yelling, go, Laura, and the girl's name is Laura, just so you know. Go, Laura, go, Laura, and you've got the coach on the side, not being really supportive, but basically telling her to fucking move. And so she wins because everybody was pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. And then she immediately collapses and dies. Hmm. Interesting way to open a movie. So you see everybody rush over to her and it's, oh, she's dead and why and everything and blah, blah, blah. So (laughs) then it cuts to a woman, an identified woman, because you only see legs and her reading this paper about the incident of the girl dying at the high school and the truck driver who's giving this woman a ride is a complete pervo okay he grabs her leg won't let go sliding it higher and he's this greasy gross chubby not even chubby he is just fat fat man with the tiniest little neckerchief on which i thought was hilarious He's like, come on, be nice to me, mur, mur, mur. But the woman is not faced. She's like, let go of me now. And he's like, oh, come on. And so what does she do? She grabs him by the balls. And the car is swerving. She's like, let go of me now. He does. And so does she, because she ain't taking no shit. We find out that this woman is Anne, Laura's sister. Laura's older sister, who was in the Navy. That's why she don't take no shit from chubby truck drivers. But the bulge uh, grab was nice. It was a nice little, ooh, look at that. (laughs) So Anne gets dropped off in front of her, I believe her mother's house, which is this huge white house. And across from the house, uh, she's just kind of staring into the woods and you see that people are running in the woods and there's these runners. I'm guessing it's close to the school because it's a nature trail that the students run in. Like, especially the people who are on the track team. So you get a little bit of a, I don't want to say red herring, but of which there are a ton of red herrings in this movie. BT dubs. If you've seen this movie or you're going to watch this movie, by the way, it's on Amazon Prime right now. I don't know how long it'll be on there, but right now it is. Um, There are a million red herrings with outfits, weapons, 
people just you're like oh is it them no it could be them oh it's got to be them no it's them it's probably them oh every other person you're like okay they're no yeah maybe yeah no but you know i mean that's what you want in a horror movie is you know the whodunits the mystery the twists oh where was i all right so annie gets dropped off in front of her house and she's looking over to where the runners are and we see this one blonde girl running cut to now we're with the blonde girl running and she's got these funky radio headphones on which are really cool and they should come back in style because i really liked them i don't usually like big things on my ears but those are really cute and so yeah and you could put you know rhinestones on them you could do a whole thing so anyway the killer is now following this girl through the woods and you know that because they're in gray sweatpants you know because you know all killers like to wear gray sweats and be comfortable especially now the days you know it's good to be comfortable and not cumbered encumbered overcumbered cumberbund hmm Anyway, so now we get to our first kill, which is this blonde girl in the woods. Uh, he grabs her by the back of the head. He, she, not sure right now, and then slits her throat. And I'm sorry, cut to the lamest uh, death scene, the first kill, and it's going to be a little bit of red. I don't even want to say blood because it didn't look like blood. A little bit of red goo smeared across her neck that was the worst special effect ever sorry first kill i'm giving you a d definitely a d but so far the soundtrack is really cool and that's kind of making up for the lame special effects so far now we cut back to the school and the whole track team and the coach who is in what gray sweats oh my god red herring and the whole track team, and there's a reporter there that needs to take their picture for the paper. And the coach is like, come on, Luke, let's get this picture taken. And the team's like, no, the girl's not here yet. I don't know where she is. You know, we're waiting. And he's like, come on, we got to go. We got to do this. We got shit to do. The coach is a hard ass through and through. But, you know, time's money, people. Get the picture taken and go. And through this whole scene, you see... My favorite thing is a man in gray sweatpants. And we all know what we're talking about. And if you don't, don't worry about it. Sadly, though, the coach is hyper aware of this and keeps covering himself with a clipboard. Move the goddamn clipboard. Uh, so anyways, they take the picture without the girl because that girl's not showing up. She's dead in the woods. And somebody knows that. So then we cut back to Anne and she's at her mom's house. Her mom is there and her stepfather, Ronald. And right away it is set that Ronald and Anne do not get along and have never gotten along. And he doesn't see why she's there. I'm like, seriously? Her sister died. Fuck off. And Anne is a strong, self-sufficient woman. And clearly Ronald doesn't like that. And you can tr see that by how he treats his wife and how he wants and to act but she won't do it and then we get another red herring of her opening her garment bag and look there's a gray sweatsuit with black gloves and then we get a nice fight with ronald and ann why didn't you call us from the airport i'd have picked you up i got here all right yeah 
see that. You got something on your mind. What do they have to call you for? I brought her up like she was my own. I had to be up there getting that trophy. I don't know why you come sniffing around. I've got my reasons. I see the Navy hasn't taught you any manners. You're still the same big mouth, self-centered bitch you were the day you left here. I would have slapped some mind in him. I wouldn't if I were you. I have learned a few things in the military. Bitch. Cut to a little while later, Anne is walking towards the school because she needs to be there to see the principal because she's getting um, an award or trophy and the diploma for her sister, Laura, who died. And she's the one who's accepting it, even though Ronald thinks he should accept it because he raised her, whatever. So she's walking through those woods and she comes upon this girl. And there's this whole weird kind of, I want to say overtly lesbian-y uh, interaction where she's like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, I love your necklace. Where's the school? You know, and she's like touchy and feely and just, it's super creeps. Red herring again. Do I call it a red herring or is that, you know, giving away too much? I don't know. I'll stop saying that then. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe I should look that word up. It's too hard. Anyway, so that's over and the girl runs away and <laughs> Anne goes towards the auditorium to where they're going to be doing the mock graduation. Uh, what is it? A graduation rehearsal. That's it. Uh, I don't ever remember having this, but I must have. I know I graduated high school. <laughs> right? Yes, I did. I did. I know for a fact I have the awful pictures to prove it. So she's there, and all the seniors are just being rowdy and crazy, and they introduce her as Laura's sister, Anne, and everybody starts coming up to her. Oh, I'm so sorry. What happened? So sorry. And she sees Kevin. Kevin, will come to find out, is Laura's boyfriend, or was Laura's boyfriend. And he had apparently wrote Anne a letter and she's like, oh, I wanted to talk to you. And he's like, oh, yeah, just catch me later. And he runs off. And she's like, catch you where? What? How do I find you? And so he just runs away and doesn't talk to her. Then it cuts to her with the letter in her hand, just going to the address that's on the letter. I'm like, that's pretty good, especially in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, return addresses. People write. It's a thing. So she goes up, knocks. Nobody answers. So she just lets herself in. Okay. Who just lets themselves in somebody's house? I'm like, you are going to get shot. Okay. Shot. Okay. That being said, she gets in this house and this house is just full of shit. There is stuff everywhere. There's antlers and statues and books and pictures and just shit everywhere. And then all of a sudden there's this crazy old lady in front of a TV that's not really on, but it's like staticky. And she's like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. And the old lady's just having a fit going, go away, go away. And then Kevin comes down and scares her, obviously jump scare. She's like, oh, you know, I just wanted to talk to you about the letter. And 
they're looking at pictures of Laura on the day that she died, literally seconds before she died. There's just the pictures of them, of her racing in that final race, which is kind of uber creeps too. And then he gives her um, a necklace that was, she gives him, sorry, she gives him a necklace that was Laura's for him and he like drapes it on a picture of her and it's all very sad or whatever. So then she leaves. So cut to the girls' locker room in the school and we see Sally. Now Sally was the one who was uh, talking to Anne in the woods and getting the weird creepy vibes. So Anne is changing into some gymnastics leotard and she has to go out uh, and perform for the photographer again. So the photographer that's there, and she, he wants to get uh, action pics of her doing her routine or whatever. And the coach is there in his gray sweatpants. So they're doing the routine, and the coach is like, why aren't you doing this better? Why aren't you doing do it better? Ah, yelling at her, yelling at her. And she finally, she does the whole routine, and there's the suspenseful music, and then nothing happens. And then she's like, Ugh, and she leaves. And the photographer's like, I, I, I got what I needed. And the coach is like, whatever, just get out of here. He's like so angry all the time. Cut back to the girls' locker room. We're back with Sally. And this is one thing I didn't say earlier. Whenever there is a kill or a death in this movie, there's this special effect where it uh, flashes. I don't know how to explain it. It goes you know, from one scene to the next, to the next, to the next flashes back and forth from like a picture of a stopwatch to what's happening. So it just flashes on something. Usually it's the stopwatch and 30 seconds. And so that's happening as we are seeing Sally shave her legs in a sink. Now, I don't know if this is a thing that, you know, biological women actually do. Shave their legs in a sink? Uh, if it is, you know, DM me and tell me so. But honestly, that just... I don't know. Go do that in the shower. There's showers like everywhere in the girls' bathroom. And you have to shave your legs in a sink? I don't know. Seemed odd to me. But I guess you shave your face in the sink. But it's a leg. I don't know. What do I know? Nothing. So the flashing thing is happening. And you see a person in gray sweats. Oh, shock. Go into one of the lockers and take out a fencing sword. And then you also see a flash of him or her in the, the what does the fencer's mask i don't know what that's called so then the the person with the fencing sword just comes up on her and slowly comes up on her having the, the sword right in front of her she's like what are you doing stop she doesn't scream she doesn't try to run away she just stands there i don't know what it is with people in movies and just standing there while somebody's coming at you with a fucking sword Anyway, he's coming right at her. And then you get the cool kill scene. Okay, this one they must have spent more money on than the first one for sure. But he sticks the sword right through her neck and you get to see it come out the back. It's a very good kill scene. And then <laughs> you get that. And then it cuts to Mr. Roberts, the creepy... 70s choir teacher with a severely bad toupee and polyester suit. 
Like, this is the part of the 70s I didn't like, where those wide lapel polyester suits in powder blues and corals and terrible toupees. But we see him, and then we get to see the first shot of Linnea Quigley. Now, horror people out there will know Linnea Quigley as a B-horror movie queen. She's in one of my most favorite movies, Return of the Living Dead, as trash. Uh, but yeah, she is in this, and apparently the there was a girl at the beginning who was in the movie who dropped out because she wouldn't get naked. And as anybody who knows Linnea Quigley knows, she'll get naked for anything. She'll get naked at the opening of an envelope. And so she gets in, locks the choir room door, and it's like, I need a better grade, and opens her top and starts messing with the choir teacher and pulling off his toupee, and then it cuts away, and obviously we know that she's going to get a better grade. Then we cut to the pervy principal, who definitely dresses to the left, but I digress. Uh, he's just kind of a douche, as I'm sure a lot of men in power were back then. He's shitty to his secretary, who he's apparently sleeping with, but still overworks. I don't know. It's very weird. And then you get a shot of his drawer that he opens that's full of knives. Ooh. Then it cuts to kids out in the woods, and it's Linnea Quigley. After she got her A, she needed to leave and get some air. Uh, and this guy, Tony. And Tony is hot in this movie. This guy is hot, hot. And she's like, I'm horny. Let's do something. And he's like, ah, fuck off. I just want to smoke pot right now. And then the school security guard rent-a-cop uh, comes along. He's like, you kids, I should bust you. Get out of here. And they completely make fun of him. How'd you like to get busted the day before graduation? What'd your parents say about that? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna miss you, little fall, McGregor. I hear narcs are an endangered species. Well, they're not very bright. You see, instead of migrating in the winter, they fly up their own assholes and make with themselves. And what comes out? McGregor! Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's real funny. You know, I'm a police officer. And if I catch you smoking dope around the campus one more time, your ass is mine. Oh, so then the cop, after they leave, pulls out his gun and he opens the revolver part where the bullets are and he just pulls a joint out of one of them and just lights up and starts going. I was like, that is very funny and clever. I've never seen somebody hide a joint in their gun before, especially a cop. So then it cuts to Anne walking through the school and she walks into the shop class. And this part I didn't really get because she's in there and it's dark. And then all of a sudden a couple of the machines just turn on randomly they just start going and then the coach comes in who i'm guessing is also the shop teacher because you know they do double duty sometimes and he's like what are you doing these are fine precision instruments what are you doing why are you messing with them and she's like i didn't touch them 
that was the only weird, like, supernatural part of this movie. Even if it was supernatural, I don't know. But the machines turned on and there was never an explanation for it. But whatever. So they have their little talk. We find out that the, uh, that Laura died from a blood clot. And had they not been pushing her so hard, she might have lived. But again, we don't know if that's true. I mean, a doctor would probably have known. And if that's true, somebody should have been, you know charged i don't know things were different back then so then we see hot number 32 in his football outfit complete with shoulder pads in the woods again running around and he runs into two girls and guess who one of those girls is vanna white oh my god you never guessed (laughs) yes this is one of vanna white's few movie uh cameos and she's very young and i'm guessing this is right before um wheel of fortune and she's very young and she is a terrible actress but she's very young and pretty and blonde so she got this part and she just basically plays a mean girl through this whole movie where she's she and her friend are just like talking all the time that's her contribution to this movie but cut back to number 32 he is throwing his ball around and it gets lost in the woods so he's going into the woods to find it then we get a shot of the ball a person in gray sweats and a sword coming out of one end of the ball and we're like what the fuck then all of a sudden you see the football player and he's like hey give me my ball hey give me my ball So the person throws the ball and it spears him right through the middle as he catches it. Very, what do I want to say? Unique kill. I've never never seen anybody killed with a football sword before. Bye-bye number 32. Sorry. So then we get cut to this kind of impromptu... I don't know what it was, but there was a guy with an acoustic guitar... And Keith, Laura's boyfriend, with a harmonica. And they're singing the Graduation Day Blues. And it's just this whole little middle middle interlude thing, which... I don't know why they did that. That was just a waste of time. Maybe they needed to make this movie a little bit longer and they had to throw that in. But whatever it was, it was terrible. So then it cuts to the coach and the cop having a discussion outside and how the cop thinks he has something on the coach and the coach is like, fuck you, I don't care. Well, well, Coach Michaels, looks like you had yourself a pretty good deal, didn't you? Surrounded by all that fine young stuff. You got lipstick on you. Too bad you blew it. 
Don't treat me like shit, coach. Remember, I can hurt you bad. I put my mind to it. Son of a bitch. Then we jump to that night, and it is a senior before graduation day party. And what is it? It's a fucking roller skate party, and they're roller skating around a band. Yes! Why didn't I have this in my high school? I want to roller skate around a band. Speaking of the band, the band is really cool. They're they're all made up. They're very kind of new wavy, culture clubby look. Very heavily uh, done up eyes. And the name of the band is Felony. Fun fact about Felony is they uh, let all their music be on this movie for free. So, hey, good job, Felony. I think they thought the movie would uh, be their big break. But I'd never heard of them until watching this movie. So, maybe not. But the song they did, Gangster Rock, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. So then we see uh, Linnea and the boy Tony at the party and they're messing around and they're like, let's get out of here. And she bites him at one point and then they're walking out and she's like, I'm going to nail you. And I was like, girl, do you want to peg this boy? What's happening? I'm going to. I'm serious. Maybe you should let me. Oh, yeah. And so then they go off into the woods. I didn't realize how often the things happened in the woods. But the woods are literally... The school is in the woods or right next to the woods. Or I don't know. Maybe it's not woods. Maybe it's just part of the school. Anyway, they're going off in the woods. And they lay down on the side of the trail just in leaves and dirt. And they're just starting to make out and stuff. And he's like, I got to do something first. And she's like, what? So he gets up and he has to go pee. While he's peeing, the killer comes up behind him with a sword. And then it's got the weird flashing effect. And then he just decapitates him while he's peeing. (laughs) It's like, oh, that is the worst time to go. Literally. Uh, So then Linnea is like, what the fuck's taking him so long? So she gets up. And she goes over to where he was peeing, apparently, and she just sees his head. And then she sees the gray sweatpants uh, fencing mask killer start running at her with a sword. So she's running. And then there's this whole thing of her running through the woods. She gets scared by a dog and screams and reveals her location. And she's running. And then she gets killed. Cut to the next day. It's morning. And we're in the principal's office. And he's getting calls from people saying, my son never came home last night. My daughter never came home last night. And he's yelling at his secretary, Blondie. Now, all through this movie, he just kept calling her Blondie and Blondie. And I thought 
he was just calling her Blondie because she was blonde. But no, she that's actually her name. <laughs> I thought he was being a total dick. I mean, he was, but one extra layer of it, I, you know, got to peel away because her name is Blondie. I was like, really? Anyway, some people might also recognize Blondie from Hello, Dolly with Barbara Streisand. She was Minnie Fay. Fun fact. And that was like 12 years earlier, so she doesn't look the same. So then we cut to the next kill. Such a good kill. Oh my god, it's such a good kill. So you've got cute boy, short shorts, feathered hair, pole vaulter. Okay, scene is set. He's running, he's running, he's running. You see him hit the thing and fly up, so like a pole vaulter does. But then you don't see him actually die. You just hear him die. And you hear him hit the pad screaming. And then it pans up to him. And within the pad that the pole vaulters land on is just all these spikes. So he is just like on a fucking pin cushion. Super cool kill. Again, I've never seen anybody kill a pole vaulter by making them land on a giant bed of spikes. Very cool. Very cool kill. Very inventive. Uh, great way to kill a pole vaulter. But sadly, cute pole vaulter is dead. Oh, well. So cut to the girls' locker room again. And it's uh, Vanna White and her annoying friend who I didn't even... I didn't learn either of their names because they were both just annoying white girls. And they're changing. And then uh, Vanna sees blood on one of the lockers. So she opens the locker and dead Sally falls out. And as that's happened, they see that the coach is watching them through the window, which is very weird. And he comes in and he's going, what's happening? What's happening? He pulls the sword out of the locker because it was just in there with her body. And they're freaking out, thinking he did it. But he wasn't even in there with them. So they run out screaming. And then Kevin comes in. He's like, what did you do? What did you do? And so they're fighting. And the coach knocks him down and runs away. And he goes running after those girls. And then Kevin gets up and goes running after him. All this time, there has been a cop walking around trying to get information and write a report. And he has this interlude with the on-campus cop. And he doesn't know about the murders yet. Um... And he just wants to write a report and be done with it. Hey, Chief, what's a good word? Where's your bench? That's the last Here's a list of home runners. Check them out, all right? That's your cover. What if, uh, what if they're not there? Then you write in your report, not there. Want me to look for him? No, McGregor, we're here to make a report, that's all. About a bunch of inconsiderate, irresponsible kids about to fly out of their nest and shit all over the rest of us. All right, so make it and let's go, huh? I get claustrophobia just being around schools. Got you, Kevin. So then, cut back to... The girl's running away, the coach running out, Kevin running out, and then that detective guy running after Kevin. So they're all running after each other. The girls disappear. 
the coach is running and runs into the woods and he falls and right where he falls is right where the uh, football player got it through the stomach with the football sword and then Kevin comes up on him and he's like you did it you killed her he's like I've never killed anybody in my life he's like you killed Laura because you pushed her too hard you all did that's why you all deserve to die you don't understand I've never killed anybody in my life it's all been a terrible mistake don't play this with me Michaels I was there. I saw you kill her. What are you talking about? You killed Laura. You all killed her. And now you've all got to be punished. You killed Sally? Sally. Ralph. Diane. Paula. Tony. Pete! That's right. They all had to be punished. But I saved the best for last, didn't I, Michael? Because you're the only one left. And you're the best for last. 30 seconds. That's all it took. Just 30 seconds. Bum, bum, bum. It was Kevin the whole time. He was the killer. So, Kevin has a knife and he's going to kill the coach and they're wrestling and fighting and he the coach flips kevin he drops the knife and then he picks up the knife and as soon as he picks up the knife the detectives comes through the bushes and thinks he's the killer and shoots him twice dead and so kevin takes advantage of this and he's like he was the killer and then ann shows up and he's and then the detectives like do you want to come down to the uh station to make a you know statement so we finally caught the killer and it was the coach fuck the killer's gonna get away that never happens so they all leave cut to laura no i'm sorry laura uh ann laura's sister she goes to see blondie the secretary to pick up uh, Laura's trophy and diploma. And Blondie's like, oh, Kevin already got those. He said that you told him to come get them from me. And she's like, uh, no, he didn't. She's like, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it. So Anne leaves, goes to Kevin's house. Again, just lets herself in because nobody answers. Like she fucking owns the place. She walks in, the grandma's asleep, and she walks upstairs and goes up into Kevin's room. Now, the rest of this house is just cluttered and there's shit everywhere, but his room is surprisingly neat. And there's axes on the wall and swords on the wall and knives on the counter. Oh, and there's someone sitting there. There's a, there's a girl in a cap and gown sitting there um, with her back to Anne. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't think anybody was here as she walks around and then she stops and screams because it's her sister, Laura. It is not a sight to see. And then Kevin comes in and he's like, oh, hey, like completely nonchalant. Oh, hey. 
Eva can't hear you. And Laura really prefers it quiet. Don't you, sweetheart? Is it? You wouldn't believe how awful they were to her. They just stuck her on the ground and pretended like she, like she never existed. Nobody would even talk about her. You couldn't mention her name. But I set them straight. Now they're all dead and gone. Laura's here with me. Forever. I'm glad you're the one that's here, Anna. I want you to be the first one to kiss the bride. The bride? Well, sure, we're going to get married just after graduation, just like we planned. I thought you loved her. What, what kind of a sister are you? She's your own flesh and blood. He's just had this dead body in his house the whole time. He is fucking nuts so crazy. But then we get this part where he starts to flip out and like turn on Anne and he gets a knife and he's gonna and they're circling Laura's body in the chair. And then all of a sudden he lunges at her or something and then somehow she knocks Laura's body onto him and they both fall out the window of the second story. And she looks out and it's Laura's dead body and what's his face? Kevin on the ground and all the glass. She's like, oh my God, oh my God. So she goes to leave, opens the front door and it's Kevin carrying in Laura's body. Like, completely doesn't even see Anne. Just walks right by her. And so she just starts running. What does she do? She doesn't run to the next door neighbor. She doesn't run to people in traffic. No, she starts running towards the school. She runs to the school, past the woods, across the track field. And it keeps uh, cutting with her. And when her sister was being, right before her sister died, the track meet, and it just keeps cutting back and forth and back and forth. And so she finally collapses on the stairs of the stadium. Who's right behind her? Kevin. Not winded at all. Now this whole part is good slash bad slash great. <laughs> Does that make sense? He goes to lunge at her with a knife. She uses her Navy training and disarms him and knocks him down. And then she runs away in heels. Okay, keep the heels on through this whole time. That's great. So now she's under the bleachers of the stadium. And he's down there with her. And every time she falls down, she finds another body. So this is where he's been stashing all the bodies of all the dead track people. She opens a door in some shed down there. And the boy who was... <laughs> the pole vaulter boy who was on the swords is now hanging up with all the swords sticking out of him on the inside of this closet door. I was like, wow, this guy had, you know, a lot of strength to just hang up his friends with all this dead weight. So they're fighting and fighting. And finally she kicks him and he stumbles back onto the spikes in the pole vaulter. So then he pulls himself off it, walks towards her, collapses and dies. The end, or so we think. Cut to that night, I'm guessing after she's made multiple police statements, they never say anything, they don't talk to the detective who clearly killed the wrong guy, 
None of that. They don't resolve any of that. They just go back and Anne is getting ready to go to sleep because she has to get up early in the morning to get to the airport to leave. Then, all of a sudden, the door opens. She's asleep. And it's Kevin with a knife and he's coming for her and she's just cowering in the bed, freaking out. And all you see is Kevin's silhouette and the knife and the knife. And then all of a sudden the mom turns on the light and it's the drunk stepfather, Ronald, with a bottle, not a knife, going, why did you come back? And she's like, oh, honey, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. You're drunk. Just go to bed. Everything's fine. Oh, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. She's such an apologist for this crazy man. But it was such a cool scene fake out because you see Kevin with the knife and then all of a sudden she flips that light and it is the dad with a bottle and it is such a cool effect. They did a great, they did a great, it was great, great fake out. Not that they needed it, but it was really cool and it, it shows you how Anne will probably be haunted forever by Kevin coming at her with that knife. And then you see Anne taking a taxi this time, not hitching a ride with a trucker, taking a taxi out of town and under a big sign that says graduation day. So that was it. 1981's um, graduation day. It is a fun little movie. I read some stuff about it. And one of the things was when it came out, there was such a backlash against slashers that no critics on the East Coast would write about it. But everybody who saw it on the West Coast premiere really, really liked it. But since it got no reception on the East Coast, it kind of didn't go anywhere, sadly, because this movie was pretty good. Oh, I will not forget rating <laughs> this time. Um, let's see. What do I want to rate it? What do I want to rate it? It's definitely 7 out of 10 pole vaulters. <laughs> oh, 7 pole vaulters. Uh, yes, definitely 7 out of 10. Cool soundtrack, fun people, inventive kills. I do love a late 70s, early 80s slasher, clearly because I do them all the time. So yeah, 7 out of 10. Definitely worth a watch. Well, I hope you all enjoyed Graduation Day, the number 10 podcast. Can you believe it? We made it all the way. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast Tell your friends, tell your friends to tell their friends. We need more listeners. Uh, the more you rate and review and subscribe, the more people will see me, the more people will know I'm here in my layer of eternal damnation. I am on Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to DM me on either of those places, I am on both. So on Instagram, it is evilqueensf or and or uh quick uh no not quick reflections <laughs> reflections of darkness on instagram and twitter is rod underscore podcast or evil queen sf so as always keep watching scary movies <laughs> <laughs>